Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys. So I don't know if you all listened to it yet, but we recorded an episode with Amy and Margaret of What Fresh Hell podcast talking about what to expect this summer. And we thought we should have them on our show too. I know, I love them. They are so great. They parent from a slightly different perspective, having more kids than just one. Yeah. And so it was great to hear from them what to expect in any summer, let alone this strange time that we're living in. They're on our show today. They're going to be talking to us about, you know, what we can expect as our kids get a little bit older because they have children across the age spectrum range there you go age range that makes age range. it's only in every quiz what's your age range and now yeah. i have to say 35 to 45 and i'm like Ugh. yeah yeah i hate that too i'm gonna have to check that box starting in september so when you go to that next bubble you're like i'm in the next bubble yeah Ugh. so that's always a real bummer so if you haven't listened to us on their show go ahead listen to that right after you listen to us interview them i think you'll like it they're real fun chicks we had a good time with them maybe we should call this episode what fresh hell is this summer yeah that sounds great you're an ideas girl because you took that mushroom tea. But anyway. You took that mushroom tea and now you're a genius. You know, that's what happens. And too bad it tasted like shit. Also, I wish all of you could see Ashley right now. She looks so freaking cute. Really? She's got a bandana around her head looking like a little cutie. Aw, thanks. You're welcome. I usually look like a hot steaming pile of garbage. This looks real cute. Oh, thank you. Your mom's so it. Well, you guys stay tuned because we're going to be giving you our hashtag swag back picks, but up next, the tits and the shits. That may be the best one yet. All right. How's your week been, Care? Pretty good. I mean, I think I'm saying, you know, we always talk about how it's the immediacy of when we're recording this. I've been alone without my child for two and a half days. That's cool. How's that? And so I've gotten a lot of work done. Lee had some stuff here to do in Brooklyn, and I have some yoga videos that I've been hired to record kind of professional style. And so we came back to our beautiful apartment in Brooklyn in the quiet. And so I've been sleeping, cooking, basically living my best life, which evidently was like before I had a kid. Now, I don't want all of you haters out there to be like, she doesn't like her kid. I love my kid. However, when you get two uninterrupted nights of sleep, I feel like a fucking human being again instead of a garbage monster of negativity. I thought it was really interesting when you called me at like 1145 and said like, I have to make breakfast. I was like, okay, you, That's you, right. I'm making lunch, but okay. You're like, stop rubbing it in, bitch. <laughs> well, also, Lee and I have been doing this intermittent fasting thing, so I'm not eating early in the morning. You're not doing Whole30 then? We are doing both. I don't understand what the fuck intermittent, intermittent fasting. Yeah. There's one of two ways that you can do it. You can either decide not to eat one day a week, and that's not possible no, for me. No, that sounds I'm awful. Terrible. Or you can take 16-hour breaks between your meals every day. What does so that do? It's supposed to rev up your metabolism and have your body have more resting time in between digestion cycles. So whenever you eat your last meal at night, you set the alarm for 16 hours and then you eat. You can drink coffee and have water, but you don't actually like chew or ingest food food. Hmm, interesting. I think alcohol you can have, so 
I think it's like if you have dinner at five, I think you could do it because you eat dinner early. So you could have dinner, yeah. but then no snacking. I'm, I think you can have some cocktails. And then the next morning, it's just 16 hours and you can have coffee before that. So I've been delaying my breakfast a little bit because Lee and I eat dinner late. I would have to eat breakfast at 1030. So what I've been doing lately, which hasn't necessarily been working, so nobody listened to this, is we wake up, we have our coffee and I chug some water and then we work out and then I make a smoothie and I just started buying this brand new protein powder that's like custom made to you, what your needs are, what goals you're trying to attain, you know, when you drink it and like how many this days like you work out. Instagram sold it to you. Probably. Was it? No, I Googled it. Google Got sold it. it to me, actually. Yeah. No idea if it's going to work. How did we even get into that? So yeah, I guess my tits are two really good nights sleep make me feel like a million bucks. Yeah, that's great. And a second tit because, you know, I have two, two of them. better than so one. why not? I got to see you. Yeah, I know. That was really nice. When I was driving up here, stopped by Ashley's and we did a social distant hang with Seba where we went and got coffee and then we sat in a park and we chatted and man. Sebastian got to play with another child's nanny who was blowing bubbles. <laughs> right. It was just so, so nice and needed yeah. to actually have real interaction with a person and see the people you love. Yeah. Even if we have to modify, I couldn't hump up all on you like I like to do even though you probably don't like it so this was probably better for you I mean actually. I'm cool with not being humped but you know like so I don't maybe think this social distancing is really working in your fine. favor you know it was good it was great I texted you afterwards and I was just like that just changed my whole mood yeah it felt really good it felt like a little bit back to normal right now I'm like I feel like I have this like brain clusterfuck happening because I'm just like is this normal or are we still in COVID what's happening and that made it feel normal which is yeah. nice I think the answer is yes to both those questions. Yeah, I the know. The new normal is this for now. Yeah. And my shits are mom guilt of leaving my kid with my my mom. So the last time that we left her for many days was during Scary Mommy Speaks time. And she was much younger. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really that big of a deal. And now she is really asking for us. And it she notices more of a of a deal when we're not there like we might have to stay here one more day and I just had the conversation with my mom like what do you think like should we do it or whatever she's like well she does miss you like a lot and so we're having to make the decision do we stay here for one more day of work so that's just you know mom guilt will always be a thing and as my kid gets older I think it's going to vacillate back and forth whether she likes being without me for long periods of time or she doesn't like being with me for long periods of time yeah so right now it's that she really misses Lee and I and I'm sure that will change you know at some other time but that's really the shits those are pretty mild shits because Usually our shits are something even worse, so yeah. I'll take it. That's good. How about you, Ash? My tits are, I think I made it on the show. My parents have had this land in upstate New York for like so long and haven't done anything with it. And they finally bought an RV that's just kind of living on there while they, because it's 34 acres of land, so there's a lot to do and a lot of like, weird shit those of us who are used to city living don't think about like 
having to get electricity somewhere and having to get like water and then like the sewage water stuff. So they have a place to stay during all that. I think they were really all this COVID stuff. They were like, we want to get the hell out of Dodge. So we went up to the RV this weekend and it was really fun. I should preface this by saying I am not an outdoorsy kind of gal. Me neither, Um, girl. Me neither. Not my cup of tea, but I really enjoyed myself. I bought myself a really cute pair of hiking boots. That were, Which is the most important thing. And how come you haven't shown me? Better take a picture of those, bitch. Oh, I will. They're actually, they might be my hashtag swag back pick this week. Because uh, I can't think of anything else. And I'm like really happy about it. I also treated myself to some new shorts this morning. But that's besides the point. All for <laughs> camping stuff. But they're really cute, comfortable hiking boots. So that's exciting. And it's just kind of fun to be in like a different area. And like the bunk sleeping. And have all the dogs with us. It's just like a cute, fun experience that I'm in. Too. That was really nice. It was nice to spend time with my parents. I ate at my first restaurant Ooh. indoors. And it caused a fight. Well, the next day, the first day was fine. This is like country. This is not suburbs. This is country ass country where like you're driving through towns and you have no cell service. And so there's this really cute barn where that makes like amazing pancakes and amazing biscuits and gravy, which is why I did not lose weight this weekend. And you know that you can eat inside and it's spaced out and everyone's serving you is has masks on and stuff. Yeah, the next day was not good because my mom wanted to eat inside and this restaurant was a lot more full in my mind. My mom and I have kind of like been butting heads currently because she thinks I'm being very anxious about everything with COVID. And in my mind, I'm like, hi, there's still a pandemic happening and people are still dying. And there's actually a resurgence happening right now because people aren't doing the right thing. And I just don't want to contribute to that. I don't want to put my family in danger. You know that the Florida beach is closing after two days. Wait, what happened? I didn't hear about this. Oh yeah. So they reopened Florida beaches. When? Recently? Yeah. They reopened beaches, bars, everything. Yeah. Completely open. And then like a week later, something like that, there was such a high resurgence that they've closed everything back down now. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel bad because I don't want anyone there to be a resurgence for anyone. But I'm like, yeah, no shit, Florida. See, and here's where I'm going to be really honest. I don't want anyone to get sick and I don't want anyone to get hurt. But there's a little part of me that is like, ha ha, to all the states that are now getting it. And for so long, we're protesting to not have to stay indoors and fighting to not have to wear masks and saying this is against their civil liberties and all this other shit. There is a part of me that is like, see, you see, fuckers, we didn't make this shit up. This was real. And now we're all going to have to go through this shit again because of you. And Ashley is speaking about her birth state, Florida. (laughs) Oh, fuck Florida. And we lose our entire Florida listenership. And how about your shits? My shits are, I did something to my back last week. Like, you know, Matt and I have been really consistent about the working out thing. And on Wednesday or Thursday, or no, Thursday, I woke up and my back was jacked. Like my lower back, I couldn't bend over. Silly things like picking up the laundry hamper hurt. I couldn't shave my legs. I couldn't like wash my legs in the shower. It was bad. And it's still kind of here, but I was resting all weekend. I was just basically putting 
heat on it all weekend. And, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just like this whole... This Welcome whole working, to getting old, Ashley. Yes, this whole working out thing has really reminded me that I'm getting older, which is a real bummer, to be completely honest. Yeah. Between that and like how hard it was to get back into things after not working out since having a baby. It's just like a real reminder. My whole life, my mom, one of her life lessons was your body is your temple, right? You only get one body to kind of take care of everything and to live in. I don't think I really understood it. I I think I always took for granted that my body's always bounced back so easily and I've never really suffered any real illness or real pain or anything like that. And all of a sudden, I'm like going to turn 35 in a couple of months and I just feel like my body is going to shit at 35. I want to live to like 100, you know? How am I going to do that if things just keep happening? Well, things do keep happening, I will say. And I'm someone that, not to brag, has taken care of my body my whole entire life. Like, I have been committed to fitness and eating well for like ever. It's literally my job. But even now, when I do a lot of yoga, my knees hurt. If you think about if you have a car and you've driven it and you've even if you've tuned it up, there's some point where the car just needs a whole new situation, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just took that for granted for so long. So to realize that now I'm having a hard time losing weight where pre-baby it was like, you know, cut some calories here or there and you're okay. Now it's like, no, it's a real fucking struggle. And it's long game, not short game. Yeah, it's long game. And I'm not mentally, I'm not there yet to do the full long game game. But, you know, I'll get there. It's just getting old, man. Getting at least we have the privilege of getting old. That's true. Very valid point. All right, guys, stay tuned because up next we have Margaret and Amy from What Fresh Hell podcast. Our next guests are the mothers of three kids each and the hosts of the amazing podcast, What Fresh Hell. Please welcome Margaret and Amy. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Well, we love, love, love your podcast, and it gives us something to look forward to in parenting. (laughs) Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourselves? So this is Margaret. I have three kids who are eight, nine, and uh, 11, and uh, I am a retired, reformed uh, comedian and uh, television writer. And now I live in suburbia with my children and I have a podcast. I think that being a parent, you're constantly an improv comedian and comedy writer. I will say, you guys I know have little ones. When you have little ones, all your material works. I always say to my husband, I'm like, I'm killing over here with the bit whose feet are these. Like they just (laughs) laugh and laugh. (laughs) Nobody throws a beer bottle at my head. They're just like, I love it. Give me more of whose tummy is this? And let me tell you, when they turn like nine, they turn on you hardcore, but enjoy it while you've got it. You have a house of hecklers now. Yeah, they've really, really, the crowd has turned. It's it's like 4 a.m. They're ready to go home. They've had a few too many and it's ugly out there. Uh, this is Amy and um, my kids are 12, 15, and 17, which usually gets like a hushed, like, oh, that's a way to Amy, your kids are old. <laughs> I can't believe it either. And I live in New York City. I'm also a sketch comedian, actor, writer, all those things. And the thing about being a comedian and a parent, I think, is that the worst moments, I'm so glad that I have that part of my brain like, oh, this is really funny. Oh, this is going to be such a good story later. <laughs> like while the baby's vomiting on the plane, I'm like, oh, this is, I am going to craft a wonderful essay about this someday. And it just gets me through. It's like instant perspective. Like this sucks. And it's also hilarious later. You're like, this is going to be my New Yorker shouts and murmurs. Exactly. Right here. Exactly. We're in the process of potty training my son. And uh, I think Thoughts I mentioned this before. Yeah. My son pooped on the floor 
last week. And in the midst of being horrified, I was like, let me take a picture because this is going to be a great story (laughs) and I need to remember it. How old is your son? He's going to be three in July. All right, you got it. You're you're coming in for a landing. Yep, it's just always a party over here. (laughs) How did you guys meet? We met actually 156 years ago. My sister and Amy went to college together. And so we didn't know each other that well, but Amy was an actress. I would see her on TV and I'm like, oh, that's Amy. And then I ended up working at Nick Mom, which Nickelodeon had like a comedy channel for a while. And I was producing videos for them. And these videos would come across my desk and Amy would be in them. And I kept saying, that's Amy. And so I just called Uh her and I said, we're both doing stuff. We should do something together. And a podcast was born. And thus was the birth and thus do you remember what was that restaurant we met in amy it was on the upper west side of manhattan no i don't know it was good i had some cheese and we made a podcast (laughs) Mm. you know it's funny and this is not a question on our list but it just popped up so i'm gonna go with it what were some names that didn't get chosen for the podcast oh my gosh that's a funny question with an even funnier answer which was that margaret came to me the name of our podcast sprung from her forehead fully formed like athena margaret was like i think we should do a podcast (laughs) and i think it should be called what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood and i was like like, uh, okay, sure. It's a great name. We have well-defined roles on the podcast. My job is idea canon, and Amy's job is like, all right, chill out. Here's how this is actually going to work. <laughs> and so I was in full idea canon mode when we met, and I was like, here's the thing, podcast, what fresh hell? I see it all, like a movie in my head that plays. You know, I, I was like Barnum selling the idea. <laughs> I feel like that's my role in this relationship, and Ashley is a, like, let's get a spreadsheet out. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's exactly how we are. I'm like idea vomit, and Amy's like there's a spreadsheet for that yep pretty much exactly I'd be like why don't we write these down and then you can email them to me and we'll go over it and I'm like oh mom (laughs) exactly (laughs) but if you have two idea cannons you end up with like building like a crazy castle of toothpicks forever and if you have two spreadsheet people you know maybe you don't maybe a little boring oh that's just a snooze fest yeah Yeah. so how's quarantine going for you ladies so not great You're like, short answer. So it's not ideal. Turns out I don't like my family as much as I thought I did. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It's getting a little little long in the tooth. Would have made some different life choices if I had seen this coming. I literally said to Lee today in the car, because my daughter is with my mom today, I literally said, I like you so much better when there isn't a kid involved. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Let me tell you. You said a mouthful there. I like you so much better when there isn't a quarantine involved. (laughs) I like you so much better when I'm not seeing you and loving you from afar. There should be a line of greeting cards for this moment, and I'm going to make them. Somebody needs to make money off this. Seriously. I mean, it's a wild ride. There are moments where you're like, this is crazy. This is exciting. This weird two-hour-long conversation would never have happened if we hadn't been forced together. This fun, weird adventure where we all just piled in the car to drive 45 minutes away because there's a fast food restaurant my eight-year-old likes. Like, a lot of silly fun adventures, a lot more togetherness time. But I just think I got married at 37 years old and had my first child. And um, I had a lot of life without people in it. And I think I only really ever wanted like to be a wife 35% of the time and a mom like 42% of the time. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm both 100% of the time, it's it's not great. I'm right there with you. I feel like I've moved past the point where I I no longer cry at the grocery store in all of this. I'm waiting for that door to open for me. (laughs) Still doing a lot of public sobbing. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ashley, did you cry at tennis today? I know you usually cry also during physical activity for a multitude of reasons. I did not. I did not cry at tennis today. Carrie wants to make fun of me because I played tennis two times in this weekend, and she just thinks it's the most absurd thing in the entire world for some reason. Ashley is not what you would call an exerciser. Okay. No, I don't enjoy physical activity of any sort, but um, I've it's been It's interesting that you myself. like tennis because that involves like hand-eye coordination, physical motion, and designated Props. outfit. Like that's a high maintenance activity. Well, I think it's because all the rich kids used to go to the JCC after school and do it. And I was, I never got to do that. So you're living the dream. Yeah. I always grew up just being like, wow, tennis. It's a good socially distant activity. It's a great socially. And you know what? I'm not sitting there doing like 6,000 setups. So I'll take it. Yeah. I would agree that I cannot do any exercise for the sake of exercise. I have to fool myself into exercising by doing things like tennis. It sucks. Anyway, Amy, how about you? How's quarantine going? Oh, God. You know, up and down, right? I just did a really good yoga class this morning that I felt great about. Carrie, you're the yoga instructor? or, or is I it am you, the yoga instructor. I mean, I always did yoga maybe once a week. Now I'm doing it three or four times a week. And uh, talk about good places to cry. And I've really yeah. gotten somewhere. <laughs> I got like my nose to my knee and something for the first time ever in my life. And, and it's helping me. Like you were just saying, Margaret, about like doing something for the sake of it just feels stupid right now. And it kind of does but it also like that win I will live off that all day today like nose to me I'm awesome it just it just helps for that one moment I know and I have been teaching online now and I'm crying in class too but I feel like we're all there (laughs) we're all there for it Mm -hmm. yeah it's a humbling place to be I think and it's the release we all need you know so I watched your hysterical what kind of quarantine mom are you (laughs) and I need to know what kind of quarantine mom are you guys I'm I'm the newscaster. I'm guilty. You're the newscaster. I am definitely the given up mom. I'm like, guys, we tried. It didn't work out, but we tried. Homeschooling wasn't for us as it turned out. See, my mom is newscaster mom. And that was when I called Lee and I was like, we have to rent or find a place that is not by my mom. (laughs) I can't take it anymore. I have a, um, the influx of informational emails that contain no actual information is, it's a problem in these times. I mean, (laughs) I'm just like, oh, it's morning time. Let me sort through these 15 emails from a variety of relatives giving me really bad takes on what's going like, on. Like, I in used the world. to follow the Citizen app until I realized it was fueling my oh, panic attacks. Oh, it's the attacks. worst. Oh, it's the worst because it includes stabbings. It includes everything. My favorite one is when they're like, we found a squirrel. And I'm like, great. <laughs> It is possible to be over-informed. Next door for crimes, right? I was not aware of it until yesterday. And then I was like, who would put this on their phone? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, next door is enough of a problem. Like where we live, it's always like, I saw a bat. Okay, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm in for that. I'm like, there was a hedgehog that broke into our shed. I'm into that kind of thing. But I don't need to know that there was arson or like a boyfriend-girlfriend argument like in my building. I'm, I'm, I'm already activated. I have a friend who I quarantine walk with. And I always say like, this must be like what it's like to have an affair because we sneak out of town to meet <laughs> and walk because we know if people see us together, they're going to be like, they are not in a distinct family unit and I will put it on moms of blah, blah, blah. And I will wreck. <laughs> and it's like, we really literally like sneak off like lovers to four it's towns like bridges of madison county seriously <laughs> and then we're like let's walk now that we're here together finally can i tell you so we have a ring doorbell and the other night in the middle of the night i coincidentally couldn't sleep and my ring doorbell had a notification and it showed people like kicking down the door of someone's house within like three miles of my home and like invading them with a crowbar the person who posted it said they had a gun and i have not slept well since. I have been panicked. Ashley, you should have told me that. You want to know why? Why? 
because now I know you should have been returning my text messages at that hour. Okay, well, I'm not returning your text message at 3 a.m. when I'm panicking about a home invasion. Okay, fine. Because then you're panicking about a home invasion. Yeah. I was sitting there with my mace. I was ready to go. I was ready for, you know, to take some fuckers down. I thought Um, everybody was staying home right now. I thought that included home invaders. (laughs) Right. I was hoping. I You're not. like, guys, it's quarantine. Please wear your mask. It protects me. If you're going to break into my home, at least have protection, please. P-P-E. And do it from six feet away. No coughing <laughs> during the home invasion. We beg you. So Ashley and I think that we're one and done. Did you guys ever think that was going to be the case? Or did you always know you wanted to have a bunch of them? And Lee and I today said, if we were going to have some more, we should probably do it now because then they can entertain each other. I mean, did you use that logic? Well, I had a very unique circumstance in that I got married at 37. And I was like, I'm from a family of four. And I have like 37 first cousins. We're from like a reproducing clan of Irish people. And so I immediately was like, if we're going to have kids, we have to have a bunch. And that means we need to go as fast as possible. And then four years later, I had three kids and I was like, oh, we have to stop this plan. It's going way too well. (laughs) And so I had three kids in four years because I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to have any because I'm too old. Let me see how quickly I can make children. And then I exceeded expectations. I'm in the same boat because I'm 42 and my partner's 52 and we had one at 40 and 50. So I have to eke a set of twins out or something if I want any (laughs) more. Well, that's what happened to me because my first set of kids, I was like twins and I'm done. And then my second set of kids, I was like, twins and I've got three kids. And then my third kid, I was like, oh, not twins, anything but twins. But I did not, thank God, have any twins. <laughs> oh, that logic. It's it's so flawed, but yet it's, it's so flawed. It's so flawed. I always think it's so funny when people actually want twins and I like understand the thinking behind it, but it sounds like a horror movie to me. It just sounds like way too much at once. You know, well, I worked with a girl once who was like, I really need to have a baby because I need like three months off of maternity leave. And I thought, now that's <laughs> about the worst logic I've ever heard in my my life (laughs) but it's kind of the twin thing like I think it makes people crazy this maternity stuff I'm kind of like you in that way Margaret and I are opposite in almost every way but we are both Irish Catholic from large families I'm the oldest of six kids I'm the oldest of 25 grandchildren Um, I have been babysitting for free since the second grade you know so I I knew I wanted to have kids and I knew I wanted to have more than one kid I didn't spend any time worrying about whether I would or not it's funny I didn't even think about that and then getting pregnant with my first was a whole odyssey that took me a long time and then I was just so grateful that I was able to have a child at all and I was still dwelling in that when the heavens presented me with the great surprise of a second child almost immediately. So, but yeah, I never was like, hmm, do I only want one? I just, it didn't even occur to me. And I guess that's because of the way I grew up. You know, I do think that there's some kind of correlation between the way you grew up and like what you end up wanting. Mm-hmm. Because for, I'm an only child and I was always like, I'm good with one. I don't even know if I want the one. It might just be too much for me. And you know, even now, sometimes I like sniff a new baby and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe this is something I should consider. And that's gone as soon as Sebastian does like anything, you know, <laughs> breathes a certain way. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm good with you. I will say, I always say to people, zero to one is the only transition that matters. Like one to two is it's barely different. You're already doing all the things. I think there are people who disagree with me, but I don't think having two kids is that different from having one kid. Unless it's at once, unless it's twins. I don't know because I never had twins, but I did yeah. have kids who were 16 months apart. Like I had two kids and I didn't find having two that much harder than having one. And I yeah. certainly didn't find having three that much harder than having 
one. It's just kind of like having none is great and having any is hard. That's that's how I see it. Yeah. That's because you're Irish. Well, it's definitely true. Like I'm used to like, I don't have 13, so I must be fine. That Seth Meyers stand up. He's like, you know, once you get three kids, like it, uh, three doesn't make a difference from two. One to two is kind of a difference. Two to three, it's just like, it's just chaos constantly. Yeah. I just felt that with two to one. I was like, uh, uh, I'm already doing all the bad things. So what does it matter? How many I'll people take are a here? slight other side of that, though, which is that when you do have a certain number of kids, any number that is one less than the number you have is immediately incredibly easier. Like whenever <laughs> I only have two of my kids around, it's... <laughs> a pleasure dome or and, and one is crazy and I think it obviously it's the same as from one to none it feels that binary like something completely switches once you have anything less than your total also my best friend who has triplets and then another baby oh also any person that has less babies than her is automatically their life is better also <laughs> that's another thing that's true that would really test my theory of too many babies. I mean, that's a <laughs> lot of babies. And they're all boys. Oh, good oh, Lord. Yeah. Blessings to her. Oh, my. Jeez. So do your kids actually entertain each other now that they're, you know, past five years old? Or is that just a conspiracy that people tell us to have more children? I mean, they do. It's like all things in parenting and possibly in life. The good news and the bad news is the same news, right? I mean, they entertain each other more and they annoy each other more and they punch each other in the face more. And so (laughs) you have to intervene a lot more, but you get more free time. So it's a double-edged sword for sure. They do entertain each other some. We've talked about that, that we think that during this time, it might be particularly hard to have one kid. I mean, certainly harder than having no kids, or at least that's a different kind of hard maybe, but that one is harder than two or three because there is some times when they will be making each other laugh or engage in an activity together. They kind of do more than usual, I would say. That's one good thing about this moment. And we were talking before too, it's like one of the things that we constantly talk about on the podcast right now is like, what's on the other side of this? Like what's on the other side of my eight-year-old saying he's bored? What if I could ignore that for an hour? And usually half an hour later, he and one of his siblings have figured out something to do. And I think that in the olden times when we used to go outside and interact with other humans, I had this whole idea that like my job was like my kid's cruise director cultivating their lives and bringing their day to them. And I will say that this experience has allowed me more to be like, what are you going to come up with? Because I got nothing and you're not turning on screens. And so if I can shut out the whining which is very, very annoying. There is something on the other side of it. There is a time where they'll go and like make a Harry Potter fort in the attic. I mean, it happens. It's like way back to when I was a kid in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can beat you there. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We used to go, my grandmother had a house up in Connecticut that was like near the water. And the day was like mom and her sister had cocktails and relaxed and watched soap operas. And you figured something out to do with your day. And like, you would not dare to walk inside that house and say you were bored to my grandmother. So I come from an Irish Catholic family as well. And my grandmother used to said, only stupid kids get bored. Ooh, I like her style. Mm. I like that difficult Irish grandma style. She also told me when I had a headache, she said that children don't get headaches. <laughs> well, ours, our family's family expression was, if you complain something hurt, the response was, if it still hurts tomorrow, we'll cut it off for you. <laughs> 
That's good. See, my three-year-old, I'm like trying to get him to understand independent play, especially as an only child. That is the backbone of being an only child. I mean, I remember all kinds of independent play, just entertaining myself. And my kid needs me to hold the paper just for him to color. So I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting for that moment to come where I can just sit down and do some work or really like shove my thumb up my ass if I want, but just have some time where he is entertaining himself. We have a little bit of advice for that. That will not come through waiting for it. (laughs) That it will eventually come when you stop holding the paper for him. You know what I'm saying? Which is what I do. Yeah. And this is a great time to start working on those skills because I'm the same way. I'm like, again, I'm kind of the idea canon. So my kids come home and I'm like, I've made an obstacle course in the yard. Everyone come on out. And I realize I'm not going to survive quarantine if I do it. And my kids are expecting me to be there to like do everything with them. And I have found for myself that it is such a training to be like, I'm not available right now. I am working right now. I'm afraid you're going to have to figure that out because that sense of independence is something they have to grab for themselves. We discovered something over the last several episodes of our podcast talking about this moment. And it's a uh, truism that we live by, which is never interrupt a happy quarantined person, which Mm. means like if your husband is in the basement, like banging around, then like do not, whatever you do, do not yell down the stairs and say, can you please leave them alone? Same with the kids. Like if dinner's almost ready and Margaret's kids are up in the attic playing Harry Potter, she's going to let dinner get cold rather than interrupt it. And so like a two-year-old, I think it's hard for a two-year-old to say like, I know what we'll do. Let's do this. Like it may or may not occur to them, but then they might get into the Tupperware and be good for an hour with the Tupperware. And I think it's harder to put that on the kid, but it's easier to go with it when it occurs and back away. That's good. That's a good tip. I'm going to go with that one because usually when it gets into the Tupperware or, you know, something of that ilk, that's when I'm like, no, Sebastian, get out of there. You're making a mess. From now on, it's just like, make the fucking mess, please. and, And let mommy be. Can we pick your brain for a moment about some questions about the kids getting older process? Okay. Sure. So what do you think has been the hardest age so far? I mean, I hate to say this to you guys, but like two and three and four. <laughs> Terrible. No, that's great. That great. That's great. That means we're almost out of it. Yeah. I mean, I did not love having children under five. <laughs> I really have started to really enjoy my kids now. I like to be the mom who's like, let's take a trip in the car and go somewhere. And my kids aren't a pleasure all the time, but I found like the ability to say like, get in the car, a kid who gets in the car by themselves, buckles their own seatbelt, does all their toileting alone and they're bathing alone. Like, I just really like to interact with a human, not like serve a small dictator. And so for me, like five was the magic. It's been great since five. I find that actually very encouraging. Good. That's like my little engine that could, you know, I I think I can, I just got to keep going. There's just a couple of days where you're like, oh my God, I don't have to lean in and buckle a car seat anymore. That was like one of the greatest days of my life. When I stopped doing bath time at night, I just was like a chorus of hallelujahs from the heavens. And I'm sure your back felt better too. Jeez. Everything. You know, as an older parent, I was no joke like leaning into that back seat to buckle that car seat. It's the worst. It's not cut it's out awful. for it. What I miss about those 
days, even though they were so hard. So like I always call them the salt mine years, just like incessant is that your kids, they love you. They look to you and they're just sure that you have it figured out. And I am now entering a phase with my teenagers where they're looking to me. They need me, but I'm also an idiot, right? And so (laughs) how can you possibly offer me anything, even though please, can you help me with this? It's at the same time from all three of my kids, sometimes in the same day and I miss mommy knows what to do and you know mommy's got to figure it out and mommy's the most beautiful mommy in the world I really miss that right about now I mean I guess it'll come back a little bit but it's hard for them to need you intensely in different ways but also really resent needing you oh that makes me so sad actually I was feeling good. I was feeling good. Well, way to bring it down, Amy. Way to bring it down. I gave them some good news and you were like, here's the thing. They hate you and it's horrible. (laughs) All I'm saying is get a good yoga practice in place. (laughs) Do it now. My next question was, how do you get teenagers to like you? You don't, Ashley. You don't. It's kind of the same thing I was just saying about Sebastian and the Tupperware, right? That like I have a relationship with one of my kids that's kind of prickly, but this kid has a really good sense of humor. And so the, you know, common ground in which we can meet yesterday, we were laughing so hard about a a Saudi Arabian hotel sent a menu to a room with an English translation for room service and nobody can leave their room because it's quarantine. And this guy (laughs) put on the internet, like, I'm hungry, what should I eat? And it just was was all like girl is afraid like those were the translations that were supposed to be like eggs over easy it was just the worst and I showed it to this kid thinking this kid would think it was funny and got like half an hour of standing there laughing at the kitchen counter about that and so if it didn't work then it didn't work but I tried it and it really worked so you have to just keep kind of you know going with what works and then once something does work do not walk away stay in it for as long as you want to do it that's where all the, the years of comedy really help you guys yeah yeah, exactly. Comedy helps. It really, I don't know. I mean, my oldest is 11 and just getting into that phase. And I remember when we first started the podcast, my oldest was whatever, eight or nine. And Amy would say, like, it's hard not to take it personally. And I'm like, take it personally? What are you talking about? Like, it's so funny when they're mad at you. And then suddenly at 11, you're like, oh, this is what she was talking about. Like, a mean semi-adult being mean to you, it really is like, this is horrible. But it's not all the time. And the flip side is you can sit down and have a conversation with another human being. It's fascinating that you made. I don't know. I kind of love it. I love that. I'm like kind of excited because I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I kind of hated my mom as a teenager. And then when I went to college, it was like, oh, wait, no, here we are. Love her again. You know, we talk a lot on the podcast about like, what is this behavior? And often our response is this is developmentally appropriate behavior. So it may be bothering you, but it's not a problem. Yeah, because there's a real difference between behavior you don't like and behavior that's a problem. I think with teenagers, you have to remember like, oh, it is their only job to separate from myself and their other parents because that's their full-time job right now and they're doing a pretty good job at their job even though it's quite annoying to me even though they're in the house with you while they're doing it that's what's hard about, (laughs) about right now My therapist reminds me of this on the daily. Not that I talk to my therapist on the daily, but she reminds me. (laughs) What's the most embarrassing thing that has happened either with your kids or to you because of your kids? Or what's your most embarrassing kid parent moment? I'm going to say that it was when I was traveling with my three kids by myself um, from New York to Orlando and I had three under five and the baby was in the sling and she had norovirus, I think. It's the cruise ship one that gives you mm. <laughs> that gives you like yellow poop and stuff. So she threw up on the plane and I handled it all by myself. I'm the kind of person who has an extra outfit so I was all set and, you know, sit back down and then she throws up 
again, like all over me and this. And, and I didn't have eight extra outfits. So anyway, everybody on the plane, and I think like every mom will feel me if you've been in this position, people were not happy with me. Like the flight <laughs> attendants, the people around me, like were mostly really mad that my baby was throwing up like over and over and over again. And I had nothing <laughs> to clean it up with. They brought me some of like those like beverage napkins, which just sort of pill up if you try to do anything with them. <laughs> it was like, I was like Carrie at the prom by the end, like just covered. And so was my daughter and we get off the plane and yeah, I mostly just felt like everybody was really mad at me. And so I was pretty mortified, but also thought this is a really good story for later and see it. Yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> I feel like mine and I offer you this because your kids are getting into this phase and you need to be warned. <laughs> Preschoolers, they send home these little forms, usually around Mother's Day, but it can be any time. And you have to watch them like hawks because they're little narcs and they will like answer these questions. And the questions are like, what does your mommy love to do? And they'll write like, yell at my daddy and send it back in. <laughs> um, I had a kid once who, who was like, my f- mom's favorite food is Diet Coke. You know, like they just rat <laughs> your lifestyle out to their teachers. And then if you're not careful, you go and it's hung on the wall at back to school night. And every other kid is like, my mommy is beautiful like a princess. And yours says like, my mommy likes to drink beer and yell. And it's not great. <laughs> so you, it's happened to me. And I want you to learn from my mistakes that do not let those preschool teachers send those forms home. I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to bet on whether that's going to happen to me, I am willing to bet, make that bet. I mean, if they send them home, at least you can edit. But when they do them at school, sometimes it's just a surprise when you show up and you're like, oh no, I see that form on the wall. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. These scoop reporters have been in my house watching my every move. (laughs) And now they're reporting me on the wall of the preschool. (laughs) Seba already says, Takika, Takika. So I think we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to do great on these forms, guys. I'm saying either have a conversation with a preschool teacher and be like, we're opting out of the exercise where my kid (laughs) narks me out or make sure you see them first because you don't want to just confront that on the wall. Uh, Well, we're in trouble. Okay. We have a little game called Fessin' Up. We wanted to play basically our own little version of Never Have I Ever. We'll name some things and you just tell us if they've happened. And if you want to elaborate, you know, you feel free. Got it. All right. So first up, have your kids ever walked in on you having sex? No. God bless. I feel like that'd be horrifying. (laughs) I don't know what that says about my lifestyle, but it's a no. Next up, do you hide your vices? Uh, You know, whatever that might be, drinking, smoking, whatever. Do I? No, I don't. Good. Neither do we. (laughs) My vices are drinking, and I do drink in front of the kids. Okay. I mean, not all day long or anything, but I don't, I feel like hiding would Never before 9 a.m. feel worse. Yeah. (laughs) Do you curse in front of your kids? Um, I did. I will say this. It's true. I'm not even joking. I didn't before coronavirus, and now I do more. And my kids are wildly outraged by it, and they yell at me. This oh. is a big, a big debate in my family right now. This is so. It's very important for me. I to feel ask like the kids question. are around 24 hours a day, and every once in a while something goes flying. I would have said before this that my position was no, that I don't. But in coronavirus, and once cursed on the um, second grade Zoom call, so that was a great day. Love that. Do you tell your kids the bad stories from your teenage years and your 20s? No, I I do not. 
I fear for the for those stories, but no, I don't. You fear that someday they will get out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I first of all, I was a very tame teenager, and uh, my kids kind of are too, especially because like, hello, they're home with me all the time. But yeah, I talk in sort of vague stuff. I don't really have the story of the like, oh, the one time I like jumped off a roof and broke my leg. I don't really have huge stories like that. Um, I think that's great. That makes it easier for them to not find out about them. That's you know, true. how did you handle allowance? We are hilariously disorganized, constantly promise allowance. I'm like, it's a dollar a day. Here's the checklist. Here's the system. And after three days, we forget all about it. That's how we've always handled allowance. About once a year, <laughs> we're like, it's allowance time. And we make up a giant system and then it falls apart two days later. So my kids don't get an allowance. <laughs> Because you're the ideas lady. I am the idea canon, and my husband is not a spreadsheet person, so we're just like, allowance! What has been the hardest thing so far about being a mom? Oh, this is, I could go deep on this one, but I'll try to keep it simple. I have had two kids that have had sort of like mysterious illnesses that lasted for a while, and in the end, they were chronic, not, you know, dangerous, but mysterious. And when my kid was not feeling well, to realize that I could still have a good day, even if my kid wasn't feeling well, that was a very hard thing for me to figure out and then actually do, right? Like, oh, if this kid's nauseous today, it's always going to be this way. They're never going to go back to school and and not like go into the valley of despair because it wasn't good for the kid or for me, certainly. So realizing that I can untether my happiness from my kid's happiness. That's deep, man. Yeah, that's really deep. I'm really impressed you did that so quickly, honestly. Well, I've thought about it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Amy takes it deep. What's the current fight you're having with your kids or your partner during quarantine? Oh, that's easy. Mine is you will not talk to me that way. I say it 350,000 times a day. God, me too, actually. You are not allowed to speak to me that way in this house. My 11-year-old and I are like, it's like Rocky 8 through 16 every day in our house. It's not great, but it is ongoing challenge. Like this tone creeps in that's like, hey, stupid servant, why are you so slow with the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? And I'm just like, oh, oh no, 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 no. That's what's going on at my house. I'm afraid of that. It's not great, guys. I always spoke well to my mom, but there was a look in my eye and she'd be like, wipe that look off your face. <laughs> yeah, the like, you dumb look. It's just my face. That's just my face. I do think I'm, I mean, we have debated this on the podcast quite a bit about whether or not I'm too authoritarian, but I come from a long line of authoritarian people and uh, I am not going to be spoken rudely to in my yeah. house. And I think maybe I jump at debate too many times, but it just winds me up, man. It's the bee in your bonnet. It is the bee in my bonnet. I do not like to be spoken rudely to, especially when I'm like the full-time maid and I'm making 365 meals a week. Yep. Both of you can answer this last question. How's that? If parenting was an episode of Naked and Afraid, what would your one survival (laughs) item be? Okay, parenting is an episode of Naked and Afraid, so (laughs) great question. Thank you. You can see how I'm spending my quarantine. (laughs) I have never watched Naked and Afraid. (laughs) I mean, it is exactly dead on. Is it like Survivor? I'm I'm Moldylocks. Yes, it's two people that don't know each other get dropped in a place you would not ever want to be dropped in even if you had clothes on and right. they're naked and they have to survive 21 days in the wilderness with only one survival item. Uh, peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. Mm. Peanut butter. Yeah. I mean, my survival item would probably be headphones because <laughs> that is my like parenting go-to. I'm like, if you see Mumsy's headphones in, that means Mumsy is not having a good day and you should not speak to her or look her in the eye. Also, being from New Jersey, I'm going to tell you, you could probably strangle somebody with some headphones. Good. So yeah. work. Oh. I use AirPods, so I should maybe go old school on these <laughs> because you want to be able to have that cord. Good point. Exactly. Tie your hair back. They're, they're you good for a lot. The only thing saving me right now is like... Um, 
the mind palace where I put the earphones in and I'm like, no one comes into mommy's mind palace. I'm alone in here. <sighs> Have you guys had to give yourself or your children quarantine haircuts? Yes. Oh, I gave myself oh, the yes. full Tiger King. I gave myself an unsightly mullet during... Um, <laughs> yes! Yep. And my daughter cut those bangs that are like an eighth of an inch long all the way across her forehead. We are not yeah, looking good bangs. at my house. I had those. I'm like the only person rooting for it to go longer because we cannot be seen in these haircuts. I decided I'm going to do an eyebrow perm, which just straightens your eyebrows. I forget what they're calling it. It's like a... It what can we like do to convince you not to do this thing? I, I'm going to try. I have old me in eyebrows. I'm determined to try it. <laughs> How bad would my <laughs> eyebrows have to look before I thought about doing something like that? I decided this like three days ago. Carrie. Wait, it makes I ordered them curly it. or it makes them not curly? No, it makes them straight and it kind of does that like Brooke Shields effect where they like are up and beautiful, you know? You so know hopefully. what does that? What? Gel eyebrow. No, th- no. Listen, I've lived with my eyebrows for 34 years. And you know what? Soon you're going to have none after that. This is why I'm doing it in quarantine. So if it goes terribly, I won't have to see anybody. Which it will. That is a good call. Yeah. I'm going to do it now. That's a good call it- in the middle of a really bad call, I should say. <laughs> I'll report back. I'll let you know how it goes. Well, thank you guys so much for coming to talk to us. Tell us where we can find the podcast, where we can find you separately. Please plug, plug, plug. All right, I'm going to start because then Amy can do cleanup because she'll remember all the things I forgot. Uh, We are, wherever you listen to podcasts, our podcast is What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. And you can find all the places you can find us at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. But we love to point people, especially we have a very active Facebook group. And so that's facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast fun place to hang out with cool moms amazing well done we also are branching into videos because we need something to keep us busy i guess our creative energy needed a new outlet so we're making these video shorts and we have a new youtube channel that you can search what fresh hell and find and we've also found tiktok and we kind of oh. like it. It's kind of fun so far. So you can find us on TikTok at What Fresh Hell Cast too. Ash, you are on the TikTok, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on the TikTok, but I don't make anything. I just, I just watch. I just Got watch it. the same savage dance routine over and over and over again. It is the ultimate time suck. Like I had no yep. idea what I was getting into. I was like, oh, what's TikTok? And then at 3 a.m., I was like, okay, I have to stop watching people dance. It's not <laughs> good for my We mind. won't make you watch us dance, though. Oh my god, no, we, there's no dancing happening. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so much. This was really fun. We really enjoyed hanging out with you. It was great, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Up next, hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. Ashley, talk to me about your swag. Should I do my boots? Yeah, girl, do your boots. All right. That's, so my hashtag swag bag picks is these Columbia hiking boots that I mentioned at the top of the show. They're Columbia Women's Newton Ridge Lightweight Waterproof Hiking Boot in suede leather. They're super cute. Let me see. If, can you see it, Care? Those are cute. Yeah, they're really cute. I like the color. And um, I can tell you my son vomited on the car on our way to hiking. And I had to clean everything off, hose everything off. And my feet stayed totally dry. They're super light. I don't think I've ever worn a hiking boot that was light. So I really, really like them. And they're not too expensive. They're under 70 bucks. And um, they're cute as hell. And Ashley, what's the recommended fit? Did it fit your normal foot size? I went true to size. I went true to size on here. Um, I will also tell you that on the Columbia website, it was on sale. But with shipping, it ended up being about the same price as Amazon. So I just got them off of Amazon. But yeah, true to size. My What feet, kind of socks? And how, how to break you them? You can in? wear any 
I was walking around the house with no socks on with them and they were totally comfortable. You don't need like a thick hiking sock, but you could wear that. I was wearing a high sock because I don't, I'm scared of ticks, but. Um, Are you going to wear them with jean short cutoffs, like a little thotty? That's what I was wearing. Yeah. Is, that what, is it thotty or thought? A thought. That hoe over there. Oh, I didn't know what it stood for. I just was trying to use it to pretend I was cool. But sometimes you, I mean, people do say that's a thotty. Got it. Or that's thotty, you know. That's what you probably look like, especially if you have a bandana in your hair like that. What was I wearing with You're them? like, sexy camper Barbie. Yeah. Oh, I was wearing jean shorts and like a hooded white long sleeve t-shirt and my hiking boots and high socks. Love that. I want those boots now. Get them. Let's see. Okay, so... Beauty Blender Sponge. Now, I know we had the Good Moms, Bad Choices girls on, and Erica's mom invented the Beauty Blender, and she is the face of the brand. I have had, like, other fake Beauty Blender ones, like, that you get Me at Me too. CBS, I've never had a real one. Whatever. But I decided that, on recommendation from a couple makeup artists, I was having problems with my concealer t- looking too thick during these corona times, because, you know, I'm wearing makeup, but I don't want to seem like I'm wearing too much makeup on Zoom stuff. I know. I know. I'm putting makeup on. It helps my mental health. It really helps my mental health. Good for you. I'm very proud of you. It's for me. No one sees me. It's for me. I feel put together. Good. Brows and lashes especially. Anyway. Yeah. So I was thinking about it and somebody said, just use your same one you're using now, but wet a beauty blender and tap it in and it'll be better. And I'm really impressed, I have to say. like, And it is different than other makeup sponges Sponges. that I've used before. It's not streaky. I don't know why, but it definitely is better. I don't know. I got the small one. It came in a package at Sephora with like a washer thing to wash it. And I really, I like it. And because it's COVID, I haven't had any reason to get really dolled up. But I have a feeling that when I put like real deal foundation on and like do a face, it's going to make a big difference. Well, when I start wearing makeup again, I will buy it. Yeah, I really like it. And shout out to Erica's mom, who was a single mom of color, who was a makeup artist and invented this product. And even now more than ever, it's a business. The CEO is a woman of color. They make foundation colors for all shades of the spectrum. I don't know. It's just great support. I felt good about buying it. That's good. Going forward, seeing as we know really that so much of what's going on in the world racially is so systemic and it's so like deep rooted. You know, oftentimes I think about it and I'm like, how do we even fix this? How do we change something that's so deep? And that's one of the ways is like building up those businesses. Put your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, well, guys, it's been another amazing week at home with you. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Don't worry, we won't have Matt or Lee on. For a while. For a little while, you got your dose. Now you can see what we have to deal with every day. Yeah, and now you're probably saying, God bless, ladies. God bless. Exactly. Now you know why we hide in a small room and talk to each other for two hours as our job to get away from them. <laughs> Even when we don't get paid for it. Exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. It has been a real pleasure. We love you. Stay safe out there. And we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. 
recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.